Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to talk about MMAS, and we'll talk a little bit more about what that is in a minute. In our spotlight, we're going to look at a grain weevil robot. Egg history minute, we'll talk a little bit about egg production and how it's changed through the years. Cool beans, that's corny, we'll have some current events. We'll wrap it all up with our egg idiom of the week. With me today are Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schomburg. Hey to all the Tilthies out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. So, Sunday, it's a big day. The big game. Big game. So, is it going to be worth watching? <laughs> Do you think that's why they put two weeks between so that the losing team, we can get over the loss and actually... Because right after we lost, the Packers lost, I'm like, I'm not watching it. But I'll probably watch some of it. They used Will to have the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl. In yeah, I was so. in. The, yeah, but no. I missed the Pro Bowl. Year. Pro Bowl is an all-time nap day. <laughs> I'm a big, big nap nap on the Pro Bowl. I I miss the old days of the Pro Bowl when they had like the punt, pass, and kick competition, but with the professionals. So I actually just saw a video on YouTube the other day. It was Favre throwing 74 yards to win, like the passing contest. Max, do you remember any of that? Mm, I know the video. I watched the video too, but I do not. Really no, it was remember. pretty sweet. They'd have like little challenges and stuff. Yep. And so all the all the quarterbacks but, that didn't make the Super Bowl well, would compete against each in other. That, in that video, Harbaugh is a quarterback. So that's how old that video is. For, yeah, for the Ravens, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Jim yeah, Harbaugh, the coach of the Ravens, was the quarterback. No, of the coach the, of Michigan. The coach of Michigan was the, the whose Ravens brother is the Ravens coach. Yep. <laughs> Figure that out. Um. Yeah. So that's how old that is. Because since since then he has played more in the NFL, coached at Stanford, then coached San Francisco Forty ers and now has coached Michigan for at least five years. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. he, so this video is from ninety eight. I it, think it was. it's been a minute. It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah. No, ninety eight. I do not remember. I was two years old, probably not even. Yeah. Pretty sure if I remember, it was ninety eight. That sounds that right. Would have been after the second Packers Super Bowl, right? When the, we lost yes. to the. Broncos. Broncos. Yes. Yeah, so it would have been the season after that. Because we played in the 96 and the 97 Super Bowls. Right. And this would have been the 98 Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yep. Or Pro Bowl. But but yeah, no, I always thought that kind of stuff was cool um, back in the day when they do that. Now nobody wants to show up to any of this stuff other than to be on camera and practice for their after football job of being a sports commentator, which mm. for some works out, some not so much. I mean, look at Gronk. He's back playing football. football yeah. yeah. Tide Pods wasn't making it work. Look at Jason Witten. Went Who? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Tried to go to the booth. Was yeah. Did the Raiders keep him now? Or is no, he... he retired uh, last week, I think. Oh, did Officially he re- announced he, that he did retire again? Yeah. Okay. So he retired, went to the booth. I would say he was below average in the booth. Tried to play again. Didn't do much doing that. Now he's retired again. I'm thinking that the booth is probably not going to be open for him. Yeah. No, I don't know if he's going to keep breaking trophies like he did when he was in the booth the first time. Correct. So you guys are rooting for the Chiefs, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. Normally, I like to go with the NFC state, keep it in the conference, but in this case, it's definitely AFC. And it's, it's not because they beat us. It's because they have Tom Brady that we want them to lose, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Both for I, me. And I, I do like Andy Reid. He's, like he's got some Packer ties, so that's good. I'd like Tom Brady to end up... In, like having the most Super Bowl wins and losses, like that, I would be satisfied with. I have liked I liked Patrick Mahomes when he was at Texas Tech because he, to me, reminded me of Brett Favre. 
I like Andy Reid, obviously. Okay, and I do. I know he has made some mistakes, but I like Tyron Matthew, the safety for the for the Chiefs. I like him. I think he's cool. I think he's really good. So. Yeah. No, I, the Chiefs are a good team. I mean, look at the guys they got. Uh, tight end, uh, what's his name? Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey Travis Kelsey. You got last year's MVP in Mahomes. You got Tyree Kill, the Cheetah, who uh, Scotty Miller from the Buccaneers said he's faster than. We'll see how that plays out. I just don't. I just it's hard. It's so hard to believe. No, I I don't think Scotty Miller is. I think he's just trash talking. But yeah. So so uh, what what are you guys betting on? In the, I mean, we can't bet doing any legal. prop bets. Yeah, if I was doing a prop bet, I know that Tyree Kill his uh, over under for yards is ninety. Five, 95 and a half or 96 and a half. I know it's got a hook on it. It's 95 or 96 and a half. I think I'd take the over either yeah. way. I think he's going to go over 100. Who's who's doing the national anthem? Because there's usually... Uh, the weekend is the halftime show. Yeah, the weekend is halftime, yeah. Did you see What's that he... The, the weekend is a musical group? Uh, yes. A musical person. A haven't, person. Haven't okay. you seen Pepsi commercial with no. the... Oh, I can't sing the words, but <laughs> okay, that's that guy. Where, the, yep. where they're all like kind of singing along to it, and all of a sudden this guy pulls up in the car, and the security guard like does a double check. Like, okay. oh, that's the guy who sings the song. Did you know he put yeah. like fifteen million dollars of his own money into the halftime show to make sure that it comes out the way he dreamt it up? Wants it to. Wow. Like he, so this like, could be pretty cool. Like then. they gave him a budget and he's like, here's an extra 15 mil for me. I think it was 15 million in this article. Right? Here's an extra 15 mil. We're going to make sure all the dreams come true. Sweet. So it who, should be Did they say exciting. who else will be with them? Usually there's more than just. Um, I do not. Not recall. that I've seen, but it, it's W E E K N D, I think is oh, how he spelled it. It's not that. like so it's how not you would think fully, it was. Yeah. He's also, I don't know if he's going to perform that way, but he's been pictured doing this stuff with like gauze on his face for something so i don't know if he'll do that at the halftime show but oh did you see who's singing the the uh national anthem oh I yeah got, i just I, saw I, it. I got it right here eric church jasmine sullivan and eric church oh who's jasmine sullivan i have no grammy nominated so artist is it like a duet how yes. are they must be correct is that a new thing i don't ever remember yeah usually it's a single artist yeah. i really don't know who jasmine sullivan is honestly i, I don't know who she is either I have to assume that Eric Church is going to play guitar, which is good. Jasmine Sullivan. Is it, Interesting. Is one going to girl like me? Do you guys bet? You guys like the the uh, over under on the national anthem bet? Is that like one of your favorites? <laughs> I just think it's interesting what they all do bet on. I kind of I always wonder if the person singing like looks at that and they're like, oh yeah, I got this. Because what was it, Lady Gaga a few years ago or some who? Somebody held out like a really long note and basically hit the over then. And I can't remember if that was her or who it was. Because Lady Gaga did the halftime show a few years ago too. But I, I like the Gatorade bet. Which What Gatorade is going to be dumped on the sure, what, what color? What color yeah. is it? Yeah. Because it, there's always somebody. Isn't it always kind of yellow? There's always somebody no, who's, could be who's red, got the orange, hot tip. Red. Yeah. Right. Usually yeah. like about now you hear like, hey, I heard my cousin is friends with a guy who is a ball boy for the Chiefs, and uh, they said they love purple Gatorade, so bet purple. Purple's the hot color. <laughs> the... Which I think is actually exactly what the story was last year was purple. Anyway, I always like, I think that bet's funny, how you can bet on what color Gatorade they're going to dump on their coach. It does say it's a duet of the National Anthem, and looking back past years, it's never been... Yeah, so that's new. 
in the last 20 years, what I got written down here, it's guess, always been. I guess they could have person. something because we're down on commercials. Budweiser's not doing commercials. Oh, really? Pep, um, Pepsi's sponsoring a halftime show, but they won't have a commercial. Coke isn't doing a commercial, so it's going to be kind of slim pickings. Why, why are the they not doing front. commercials? They just can't afford it? Uh, they, <clears throat> the official line for most of them is we're donating money to charity in light of the pandemic, you know, help feed people. Uh, I That's re- good. I read that as we're looking for the tax break, um, but, you know, you never know. Um, could could be either way. It's it, it ends up being a good thing no matter what the motivation is. But yeah, so they're not going to buy the and I don't know what a commercial costs now. And it's been like millions per second for a few years now. So I don't know what to add by. I haven't seen that number this year. But um, but yeah, it's weird too. Now that is it ten years ago when they started releasing the commercials like before, and they're still doing the, that. yeah. And that to me is. Sometimes just there's like an to added it. part to it, but a lot of times it's just the yeah, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. You, you get the gist of it. So, yeah, no, I, we'll see what what it is. But and it's it's white and not any more snurdy out there. So we this we'll tell, week till tomorrow. Yeah, last week we wrapped up our uh, series on snow. If all you guys remember the R value of the of snow, which is you know one per inch, so. That I seen Iola got the most snow in the area at ten inches, so they got our value at ten out there. Yeah, we plus were, whatever was already there. We were like around six, I think, weren't we? Yeah, so seven, that yeah. which the cold coming now will help a lot. That that that's sitting out there and yeah, starting tonight the low is one, and that's the last time it'll be above uh, zero until next Sunday. I saw I saw the low su- that is. this Sunday the high was zero. Yeah. No, yeah, the high, yeah, we're, zero. We're looking at single digits, maybe touching into the double digits for highs the rest of the week. It's cold, but not great. Like, there's no wind chills, negative twenty five ring. Like I that, think that's exactly what the wind school. chill is right now. I, was it? Okay. I'm sure there will be. I, yeah. I was gonna say my phone. I just went off oh, did fourteen it get times for. Yeah, I can look and see what it is. It's all I can see. It's all the weather it's, app here. We but. are we are jumping on the polar coaster, polar vortex. Yep. Is polar here. vortex. So. Um, Man, are you going to do your polar vortex? <laughs> I don't have a, a good enough one to compete with Pat McAfee. <laughs> All right. I currently have a real feel of negative four, but um, I know ne- like next week I was looking 25 to 30 mile an hour gusts every day, so not great. Yeah. No, I, with the lows, what they are, mornings are going to be quite chilly. Yeah. And it was a big switch from Thursday night. When you go out in snow below or pushing snow around, it was actually quite comfortable. Well, what's or if it, anything, I got kind of warm. And then Friday morning, it's what's very interesting cold. is this was such a wet snow yesterday. I mean, yeah, real heavy. A lot of trees and bushes and stuff were real weighted down. And then you get the cold overnight and the wind, and so now you've got like this hard pack kind of thing going. So, all right, you guys ready to do this? Yep. So M M A S. What, what do you get? You guys know what that stands for? What do you think, Max? Mixed martial arts stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that is normally M M A. Yep. And no, it's not manure martial arts studio either. There you go. Yeah, that was that was my take on it. Uh, now the manure management advisory system is a uh, a website home in Wisconsin to some different manure management tools. In particular, we're going to touch on the runoff risk advisory forecast. So basically, it's a way that when you're hauling manure, which 
it's February, so we're in that no-haul period, especially for CAFOs. Um, obviously, if you're daily hauling, you, you, you have those issues, but, um, you know, as we talked last month, February, March, kind of those times to avoid manure if you can. Um, but you're still going to be thinking about, you know, spring, once things warm up, emptying those pits, places to go. So using this tool might help you. So the runoff risk advisory forecast gives you a look at field conditions based on NOAA data. So that's the, not NOAA and the ARC, but NOAA, the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration. And they're going to give you um, basically four sections of planning provides the runoff risk. So it'll give you like a three-day look outlook of whether or not there's a chance the manure you put out is going to run off. Uh, tell you precipitation, so that kind of goes with the runoff part. If we get a lot of precipitation, there's a higher chance of runoff. Soil temp, which when I looked at it uh, yesterday, as I was going through some of this stuff, <clears throat> it only has a category for like freezing and below, so it doesn't tell you the exact soil temperature, but like in this case, all winter now until spring when we start to thaw, it's going to be basically frozen soils, and then it gives you soil saturation. So it gives you more. The breakdowns look like 32 or less, and then 33 to 40, 41 to 50, and more than 50, which are kind of nice breakdowns even for yeah corn planting or something else. Like you say, it would be nice to know closer of how cold it really did get. Um, would be nice, but not necessarily in this situation. We just got to know if it's frozen or not. Yep, so it gives you a handy little map. I'd like to pay attention, like, next fall when I'm soil sampling and check this map and see how accurate it truly, you know. That's true, yeah. yeah. See how much, you know, because it, it it's not like they have somebody in every one of these counties going out and pounding the ground every day. This, oh, yep, still frozen, you know. It'd be interesting to see how, how uh, tight it actually is. What's interesting looking at the soil temp map is kind of basically it looks like Lake Winnebago it's outlined as it's hot above freezing. <laughs> it's kind of a weird little, and not the whole lake either, just kind of like a subsection. It's kind of interesting how that looks in the map. But yeah, so it gives you a map of the state, and then there's a little legend that tells you kind of how to read each of those different things we just talked about. So, Todd, have you used this with, or any of your growers been using this yeah, plan for manure. This tool, I believe, has been released now since about twenty. Gosh, I want to say they first started it like back in twenty fifteen, um, but really didn't get its feet under its ground to about twenty eighteen. Yeah, this is version two or three. So I mean, it's not and, the. It looks different now than it used to. And the, what I would say, what's nice is these newer versions adding these other layers of not just runoff risk, but kind of why they're you know because the participant precipitation soil temp or soil saturation you can kind of see why then there is a higher runoff risk um there's times where it doesn't always you you know common sense prevails that you got to go down to your field level to really know um but but i would say it it is very accurate to just look at and kind of have an idea of what's how high your risk is i like that it ranks them in low moderate and severe and um, that's kind of a nice breakdown versus even just high is severe. Pretty much says, yeah, this is pretty bad. You know, it's 
It's like, not just high. It's like a good chance you're going to have a problem. Yeah, probably don't haul because it looks bad. Yeah, and then the moderate and low, you know, obviously if you're in the low, you should be good to go in general. And then the moderate, it's like, well, if, if you have to haul, maybe you can. Otherwise, maybe you could wait till it gets into more of a lower category. Yep, and then there's um, no runoff expected is also. So if it's completely clear, then, you know, the... Chances of runoff are pretty low, and then it also has that as a category under frozen. So you wouldn't expect runoff, but also that the soil is frozen, which, again, as we've talked about in the past, matters for CAFOs especially, but um, can play a part for other farms as well. It is a nice tool, too, is a lot of the rules just show February and March you can't apply but there's times in February and March where it, it it can be good or okay to apply, and this is a good tool um, to look at, especially late March. Depending on the year, like 2012, we had extremely early spring, and that would have showed up different on this. And, and you could see, like, nope, we've, you know, all the snow was melted, and it was just a very early spring, so it was okay to go. So th- this is nice where it's really using, you know, the the Natural Weather Service data and predicting stuff, which is a really nice tool that way. And then um, something that's one of the newer features, you can also right-click on the map, like in a particular area, and get a more detailed look at the forecast. So it'll show you this little chart and give you an idea of how much precipitation they're expecting, and then kind of show you the day-by-day of the runoff. So it's kind of neat. It's another one of those tools that we can just, you know, it's not going to make, we're not going to make or make all our decisions by looking at a computer screen, but it definitely helps. It definitely is another, you know, take a lot of factors into consideration when you're making decisions. Just like we talk about, like, applying fungicide, we use Sporecaster, you know, that kind of stuff falls into that category of use it and uh, take the information and hopefully it can help you. Yeah, no, that's a good point, Max. I mean, you should still be checking field conditions yourself. Um, you know, go out, take a look at the field before you start hauling. But, yeah, this can give you an idea of what to expect. And um, obviously with precipitation and all that stuff, things, you know, it might be raining north of the road and not raining south of the road. That does happen. So um, still always a good idea to kind of go get out there and take a look at the field. Um, but this will help can help you forecast and kind of have an idea when to haul. And what kind of conditions you'll be hauling in. So, I don't think they have an app at all for your phone. No, I think you can but search I, on a web I browser. I would say, yeah, on my Android web browser phone, I've used it and it works quite well. That it, it's, if, you know, if you're not in front of a computer, which a lot of times you're not, it's something to pull up. And one thing to say is just even grab, say it does say low or no runoff risk is a parent is maybe screenshot that before you go apply just to document that if something does happen, you say, you know, you did use the tool and kind of use the best available technology to decide to haul or not. Um, and even screenshot it when you, maybe you don't haul and you could say, Hey, I, I was going to haul this day and it here's said why, I shouldn't. Yeah. And here's why I didn't. And um, these are all just really, really good tools to use for that kind of stuff is just to make sure you, we're, we're trying to, pose the least risk to the environment as we can yeah and i think that's a good point too todd of you know use it as a data point you know save it and you can say well hey my pit's really close 
to being full, but I'm not going to haul because of this. You know, what can I do if you're looking for options? Um, and can show that, yeah, you were trying to do something about it if you get into that situation. So um, there has been talk. I don't know where it's gotten to of actually tying this into Snap Plus to an extent. Um, and I, I don't know what that would look like if it'd be where it would actually show as your planning manure, you know, if it's within a week or so of, you know, when you're putting it in there, it would give you the runoff risk advisory if that's what they're planning. But, um, yeah, they are talking about that and maybe they'll have a solo app too, like some of the other, like Sporecaster and some of the other tools we've used. So um, you can just Google Wisconsin MMAS. Yeah, if you if you just Google MMAS, you will get the material management and accounting system. Yeah, so make sure you put the WI in there or Wisconsin. There's other ones you could get to, but yeah, so that would be good to add the WI just so you know where it is, and that'll take you right to the manure management advisory system. Yep, and then there's basically a tab right there for runoff risk advisory forecast. also connects you to um, snap maps or a way to look at kind of restrictions and that kind of stuff on a map. And has some DATCAP geodata as well. So if you're looking for wetlands or other stuff around an area, if you get a new field, that's um, kind of all in that MMAS right there, along with our runoff risk advisory forecast. <laughs> Google will also take you to MMAS or Make Me a Supermodel. Oh, apparently okay. that's a that's television <laughs> show that was on or something. So if you're looking for that, you can also just Google MMAS. <laughs> all right. Good to know. All right, so that's the runoff risk advisory forecast. Could be a really good tool for you and your farm when you're hauling manure. Now we'll move into our spotlight for today. And that is a grain weevil robot. So obviously uh, many of us in the agricultural field have heard the horror stories of people getting sucked into grain or um, having issues inside of grain bins a very real danger a lot of fire departments have looked at purchasing uh, rescue capsules to that end so uh, this provides a way of maybe avoiding having to go into your grain bin or at least maybe not go in there as much as you may have to so Max did you see what this thing looks like I, I you would not. like it it's I did not Let's see if I can. It's sort of like a, just it's like a remote control car, but instead of wheels, it's got like augers. I don't see a picture. No, there's not a picture on there. You got to go to grainweevil.com. You know what? Just what you described. There used to be a really sweet RC car (laughs) that that was when I was a kid that had like augers for wheels. Wheels. It was like you could use this RC car in snow. So JLI Robotics is. the company that makes the grain weevil. Um, they're hoping to come out with it on farm in on-farm trials uh, in spring. And then hopefully by early summer, they may have a service that you can subscribe to to use the weevil. It weighs 26 pounds and comes, okay. comes in a backpack. Look, so. Looking at the picture right now, 
it's not as flashy, but it does look like the no, toy it, that we used to have <laughs> that had the, like augers for wheels. Like you, you could use it. It's like you can use it on dry land, water, or snow. It was cool. Anyway, is it supposed to uh, like? I, what I don't get is what is it actually supposed to do? Is it does it sense that the oxygen's low and tell you, or does it like help? Because I didn't see that it could like scoop anything that I noticed. So the grain weevil can be used to extract grain. Okay. And um, it goes across the top of the grain. And let's see, I'm just reading through this description here. So it can... It breaks up crust, levels, bins. I can see it break. It, yeah, yeah kind of like, Helping with extraction so sweep augers work more efficiently. Almost like a uh, agitating your grain bin. Reminds yeah, me it of like it a reduces manure the boat for a, yeah, for a... Yes, this this same principle. Yeah, manure yep. boat, but for, for, grain. for, for grain. grain. Yep. Not yep. pumping manure into your grain bin, but moving... And then grain. obviously you must have a camera that you watch from outside the bin of what you're doing. I would... Yeah, I would think It'd so. be interesting. Interesting. Oh, I mean, it's still very... Uh, um, it's still very, like... It, it's a it's coming a prototype. out with a prototype. Yeah, so it's right. say beta, experimental it's, it's phase. Very it's beta, very beta yeah. yes. yes. But it's a cool it's a cool idea, and obviously farm farm safety, like Ooh, it's you a know, big one. yeah, saving people's lives, cool, right? Like you know, it's a big deal. So yeah, I mean, rather than have to get down and shovel something, you can send the robot in and kind of stir things up and hopefully loosen up any issues you might be having. So, so that's. On the horizon. Now we'll move into our egg history minute. We've gotta love the banjo. So this week, talking about egg production. So by 1960, a farmer could produce 60 bushels of corn per acre, compared to only 30 bushels of corn per acre in the late 1940s. By 1961, one farmer could feed 27 people compared to feeding only 11 people in 1940. Now, today, as of 2020, the USDA estimates average corn production at 181.8 bushels per acre. So since 1960, we've gone 120 bushels over that production. We're still, uh, in this area, still chasing... You know, trying to hit that average of 200 bushels to the acre. Other other states are chasing 300 or 250. So, um, yeah, we've just been been getting better and better over time, whether it's through genetics or uh, management practices. So, yeah, kind of cool how not the leaps and bounds we've been taking. Not saying I did all the work, but Max wasn't around in 1960. Max is around in 2020. <laughs> I'm seeing a theme here. So like causation. Right? That's the word you use? Yeah. Co- correlation. Uh, yeah. Correlation, causation. <laughs> causation does not necessarily in, imply correlation. There you go. I didn't I didn't take statistics, but yeah. <laughs> no, obviously obviously more food is a good thing. I don't think I need to really say that, but you know it is amazing the average over 180 bushels is pretty cool. To I mean that's it's unreal. It's wild to think about working that hard for sixty bushels. Sixty right, right. Oh. Well, and when you think about at that time the things they would have been doing in the field, you know, you you would have been cultivating to keep down the weeds. Most likely, they used to have those uh, 
I can't remember what the name of it is, but you'd like have a knot basically, you know, yeah. in a wire to leave that gap uh, for planter, cultivation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All that. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, gra- my grandpa talks about how the corn, you planted corn in rows, but you couldn't tell if the rows went east, yeah. east, west, or north, or south, north south because yeah. they, your population was that low. And yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So just where we've gone is in terms of equipment, precision agriculture, the, you know, GPS we've had since the 90s has made leaps and bounds and the technological advances and has led to getting to that mark. So pretty cool. Yeah, if you'd like to find an agronomist that could potentially help you gain bushels or probably profit per acre as we look into more at that, please go to naicc.org. There you will find an independent crop consultant in your area. Thanks for listening. We appreciate all of you out there that are tuning in. Um, Please tell a farmer friend. So tell them that you got this. It's radio on your phone. Tell them to download a app. We like to use Podcast Static or Apple Podcasts is very good. And subscribe to the podcast and tell a farmer friend. That's all we ask. And Matt, where can they find us? You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilth Talk Radio. All right, now let's move into our cool beans, and that's corny for this week. So, cool beans? Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. So, our cool beans for this week is research group is looking at addressing corn tar spot mitigation. So, tar spot is a disease that a couple years ago, 2018, started to uh, pop up in some different places. We've had it here in Wisconsin for I think the last two years, 2019, 2020. I, we didn't see it a lot in 2019. And then in 2020, I don't know that I saw very many fields without it, honestly. It came really late. Yeah, and it, it wasn't it was severe, but it was there, it, and it freaked the crap out of you. Like, well, it was it was late, so we didn't feel the impacts yes. of it. But when yes, I was we got walking lucky. late we season corn, lucky. I was like, ooh. Yeah, the few places in 2019 that had it, there were some that got nailed pretty hard. I'm I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so to combat the spread, the Foundation for Food and Agriculture Research awarded a $150,000 uh, Rapid Outcomes for Agriculture Research grant to a group of plant pathologists to help them study and mitigate tar spot on corn. So we've got some money getting poured into the research there to start looking at options the fact that you can't grow tar spot in a lab has got to make research just so much more difficult you can't i don't i'm pretty sure i don't know i mass i didn't know that article that's an interesting well and it's so new maybe they just haven't yeah it says especially hard to develop solutions for tar spot when the underlying fungus cannot be grown in a lab wow so there you go so now you think about (laughs) you think about you have to plant a corn crop to actually research it you can't just grow the fungus and kill the fungus yep so you have to go through the the effort of growing a corn crop in field and then try and treat it, which is also super um, dangerous. I mean, realistically, you're 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 putting this fungus into open air. It's not like when you have it under a hood in a lab, super controlled. So it's very difficult. The upside with having to grow the corn crop, though, is you know you can look at varietal aspects too and see if there are varieties that have that you're, and you're you're closer to true a true rollout than okay in right. a petri dish we've figured out how to combat this problem where by the time they have an answer it's a real answer that R- is right. directly applicable so 
So there you go. Good news there. Hopefully that research will lead to some important discoveries. All right, that's corny for this week In since we have the big game coming up. Because we can't really even say the words, or you're not supposed to not at supposed least. To, I don't know. Uh, Super Bowl. Well, I was going to say it in the next thing. Anyway. Does that upset <laughs> you, Roger? <laughs> uh, it's just funny how you watch a lot of these shows, like when they, they do the countdowns of ads and stuff like for the big gate, like you don't always say the Super Bowl, and it's just kind of funny. But <clears throat> so this article out of Egg Daily's their five worst farm-related Super Bowl ads. Uh, some of them are just a few years old. A couple of them are new ones for this year. The Bud Light one's got to be on the list. Yeah, because we talked that's about be that one. last year. That's got to be I number mean, one of the. When I say the Bud Light one, it's the corn syrup. Famous Bud Light app from 2019, right? That was two years ago. Yep. yep. And then, which was cool, and the corn growers kind of came out and said, hey, you know, kind of called them out on it. And, yeah, it was it was sort of a cool thing that yeah, I think was, Miller kind of jumped on I that. Like, yep, I like Thanks to the free advertising <laughs> right. was, was Miller's response. Right. I like corn in my beer, just to be clear here. I, I, I still remember, yeah, the flood of Twitter videos of guys just, like, dumping Bud Light down the yes. drain. Yeah. That's where it belongs. In response to that. But, yes, yeah, so Bud Light is on that list. We talked about another one last year. Do you guys remember the other one we talked about? I think it's on this list, too. Uh, is it the Michelob Ultra? Yes. Yeah. We tried, remember, we tried Michelob, I think, on an episode, didn't we? Yeah, yes, we had a taste did. test. Yeah, yep, we, did. we did. So, yeah, that, that is also on the list. That was from 2019 as well. So Michelob Ultra came pure, out with an organic beer. Pure gold. Uh, I did like the comment on this one. Uh, let's be clear, alcohol of any kind is a carcinogen classified on the <laughs> same level as arsenic and asbestos. So if you're going to call something healthy, it's kind of disingenuous to suggest any beer is actually healthy. Um, that's so pretty it's like, good. It's yeah. like when, when you hear, hey, this is natural. Well, salt and sugar are natural. Neither one's all that great for you when you drink when you yeah. put that much in. Especially so. in large amounts. Yep. yep. So, Just remember that. So that one's on there. Uh, the organic beer. There's a PETA ad from 2018 called Redemption, had James Cromwell in it. Uh, it's basically a guy confessing that he's part of the meat industry and like saying that he, admitting he's wrong for uh, having beef, cattle, and that kind of thing. So uh, okay. easy well, to whatever. see why that one's a negative. Whatever, nobody listens like that anyway. Then there's the Impossible Food Spelling Bee. That one was last year's. Uh, basically, trying to point out that the plant-based food is is better than actual meat. The, the one thing I had, the one the one catch I have here with this Impossible one is, if Impossible Foods become a big deal, like it hurts the beef industry, but it probably helps the corn industry, right? Because those are corn-based products, aren't they? Uh, uh, soy is, soy is no, in th- some of them. That particular one is, but some of these now are just Petri dish lab-made. Yeah. But I but I believe, and okay, from what I know of the Impossible Burger, they just use the soy hemoglobin to get the red. Okay, then never you know, mind. The blood there is no good, I, I don't think, Never mind, there is no good side. I well, take and that's back. what's <laughs> tricky with all of these is they... You kind of question, like, what's where, tr- where is this tricky from is we really don't understand what <laughs> right. we're eating. Well, it's the real problem. Right. And, and we talked about that in one episode about the Impossible Burger. And, it, yeah, it was the heme or whatever yeah, heme, of the soy. And then hemoglobin. it was GMO on top of it. So, like, yep. the Impossible Burger is, is, both. is yes, GMO, yep. but non but non no. meat. Yeah, so it's right. Like, okay. Right. It's an interesting, interesting take on things. So, mm. um, 
But yeah, and then the last one was uh, one for this year that we'll be seeing this weekend. Uh, Chipotle's Change the World. Oh, okay. Um, this one didn't seem quite as um, bad as the other ones. More just promoting organic and some other aspects. Um, complaining, less, complaining about breeding techniques. I see here. Yeah, less about that you shouldn't eat meat. Just the how you quantify quality in meat and that kind of thing. So I like I like Qdoba better anyway. So Oof. I do Agreed. too. Yep. I, I think Qdoba is way better. I am a Qdoba guy as well. So yeah, so that's the five worst commercials in regards to agriculture. So, so the, the best one's got it. What do you guys think the best one is? The best? Oh, the God Made a Farmer. God made a yeah, farmer, the yep. Ram Trucks Farmer one. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yep. So good. God Made a Farmer. Yes. Okay, yeah. No, just that one stands out <laughs> as, like, the best commercial ever. So, all right. Now, let's wrap it up. Egg idiom of the week. So, this week, talking the cream of the crop. Best of the best. The bee's knees. Cat's meow. Creme de la creme. Need I say more? You're, you're stealing all our other idioms. <laughs> <laughs> You can't use other egg idioms to describe yeah. this What egg the heck, idiom. Matt? You just ruined like six episodes. <laughs> Come on now. No. If they mean the same thing, we shouldn't be repeating them necessarily oh. either, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> the cream of the crop. So cream of the crop uh, means, you know, it is the best. The, the best part of the crop. So Because the cream rises to the top. That's right. Did we do that one yet? I think we did, right? No. No? Uh, no. Okay, well, anyway. That, that's basically a direct relation to this. The cream rises to the top. Cream so rises to the top in the cream milk. of the crop. So if it's the cream of the crop, it's the top. So, yeah. The top of the crop. It's all related. So. 44, 45, whatever <laughs> it takes. Uh, yeah. 120, 121, whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 220, yep. 221, yeah. Or 220, that's it's right. It's 220. 220, yeah. It's, it's, it's in regard to voltage. Voltage, yes. yes, that's right. What do you put in here? 220, 221, whatever, whatever it, takes. it takes. Yep. All right. So that'll do it for this week, boys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us, Matt. So this week we talked about the manure advisory, management advisory system, in particular the runoff risk advisory forecast good place to check when you're going to be hauling manure. Our spotlight was the prototype green weevil robot, hopefully coming to a grain bin near you to help keep you out of it and keep you safe. Egg History Minute, we talked about production and the increases over the last 60, 70 years here in production and agriculture. Cool Beans was tar spot research money being granted to help mitigate that disease. And our that's corny was sometimes those Super Bowl ads just don't make agriculture look good. So we're happy that there are some positive ones out there too. And we finished it up with being the cream of the crop. We're the cream of the egg podcast crop, I hope. At least in your mind as you're listening to us. So thanks for listening. And as always, happy farming.